Hi, everyone. I'm Tiki, and welcome to the first episode of Indelible Logos. I'm excited to bring out our first topic, which is entitled Create It With Intention. So many people walk through life wondering what their purpose is. I have two very special guests who are going to help me in dividing and diving into this question that I'm sure most of us have asked ourselves at one time or another. Uh, and so joining me today is my mother, Denise, and my daughter, Sierra. So say hi. Hello. Hi. Ladies, when you hear Create It With Intention, what are some of the first things uh, that come to your mind? I, um, the first thing that comes to my mind is first thinking, okay, God, what did you create me for? What am I really good at? And help me to understand, you know, what you designed me to do. And um, because I know he has a purpose and a plan for my life. And it's important for me to tap in to see what that is. I mean, I, lo I know like some of the things that I, thought I wanted to do when I was growing up and I've had an opportunity to do, you know, some of it up to some extent. And sometimes, you know, I think when we think of um, a creative intent and what God, you know, when it's, a, when it's relating to a biblical standpoint of view, that we think that it's just going to fall into place and, and it's just going to happen. And I, which is why I said that I really had to find out, okay, once I realized, cause that the, you know, I, I never always real, I never always known that I was created with a purpose, a specific purpose and a plan for God. And so again, it was okay. Once I found that, okay, you know, what am I good at? And sometimes I asked other people, you know, what do you, you know, what do you, how do you see me or what do you think I'm good at? Cause it was easy for me to see other people, what I felt that God created other people to do. But then when it came to me, it seemed like it was harder for me to really be objective and really think about what I was good at, if that makes sense. It makes total sense. And what about you, Sierra? I think created with intention, um, I would agree with grandmother, but I would also say it's, to have a purpose for that creation. Like for example, um, super simple. The person who created the chair, like it was designed, but not just for aesthetic appeal, but also because it had a purpose behind it. So you sit in that chair and I feel like it created a new way to kind of interact with life on a daily basis. Like nobody really thought that a chair would have as much of an impact on our lives the way it obviously does. But um, just kind of applying that to the talents, like grandma was saying that we have like the good aspects of our, um, I guess, desires or what we can do, but having a an actual purpose behind that, having a reason to do that, not just because we enjoy it, but because we want to do something meaningful with that, whether that's how God wants to use us or if it's our way of getting our message or expressing our life 
to others. So it's kind of cool because you took the word purpose and kind of interchanged it when you did the chair analogy um, as more of a functionality. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was that was kind of interesting because when I first came up with the title created with intention, that was somewhere along the lines of as to where I was kind of trying to go. Um, and you both hit on it in two different ways um, because I was not really sure if I was trying to, in my mind's eye, I was seeing create it with an intention, meaning that we're here for a purpose, mm-hmm. a specific purpose, like mommy was saying, but also um, within taking that, that purpose making it something that's functional as well, something that others can benefit from. um, And that being our reason for being here is not just for our own self-satisfaction, but also to help others, to to kind of be a gift um, or um, a foundation, stepping stone, helping other people kind of get to where they're looking to get to in life as well. Um, Mm -hmm. Taking that we're all in this together uh, concept and seeing which part do we play or which piece of the puzzle are we to complete the grand picture. Um, So I I love those answers. Um, Thank you so much. I just kind of want to say the word intention is defined in Webster's dictionary as done by design. Uh, some of the synonyms, excuse me, are conscious, deliberate, knowing, purposeful, willing, or willful. Uh, so now I, I, again, kind of going back to this, I know that we all believe that we are here on this earth for a specific reason. And it has been studied that people who feel most satisfied in life are those who are living out their purpose. How would you say that a person goes about doing this? Um, I think one is to really examine themselves and also try different things. Cause a lot of times, you know, people may know what their purpose is or, you know, and I know that there's still things that's inside of us that's still waiting to be birthed, but it also, I think purpose also can mean that you have to be willing to come out of your comfort zone. Because your purpose could be something that may you you look at yourself, okay, I know I'm supposed to do this, but in my natural mind, I'm trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to do this? I don't see myself doing this. I don't do, you know, but again, trying to be objective and say, okay, I'm willing, am I really willing to come out of my comfort zone and then give it my all and at least say I try because they say some of the greatest inventions in life have come out of failure or come out of, you know, people losing jobs or, you know, some, it it usually comes out of somewhere where they never thought possible or that it would, you know, happen that way. And so that's why I say, I know for me that I have been told that I must, in order to be used by God, that is, that I have to come out of my comfort zone. I can't stay in my comfort zone. So sometimes, you know, people are like, okay, well, 
that can be scary or, you know, what if I fail? And we shouldn't be afraid to fail because, you know, failure can also be good, you know, in a positive way, you know, if you're willing to give it, okay, this didn't work. So let me try it another way or Lord, show me how to do it another way. You know, be willing to try because that's how the greatest adventures come out of is trial and error, error. But if I say, I well, I know I was created to do this and I keep saying, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And then I procrastinate then it's not really helping me or helping anyone else because what I've been created to do, like you said, is really to help other people. Not, it's really not just for me, but it's really to be helping other people and to, and, you know, and to help them to see, Hey, if I can do it, you can do it too. You know, I'm not the only one that he created, you know, for a purpose. So what you're saying, what I hear you saying is that number one, you have to be willing to try and you have to be willing to come out of your comfort zone. So those are two of the things that you would suggest to people. Um, and that experiment, are you know, to see, okay, you know, for those who may not really know what their purpose is, you know, they can ask other people what they see when they look at them or what they think, you know, when it comes to them. Or, you know, like I said, just keep, you know, trying different things until you say, okay, now I understand now, like the light bulb goes off. Okay, now I know, you know, what he wants me to do, how he wants me to do it, and, you know, what it's really all about in being used. It's funny that you say that, though, because as a mini tangent, when you were talking about failure, it reminded me of um, the expression of how failure can be a teacher. And so basically, you don't have to look at it as failure. It's more of a perspective because even when you're trying something and you don't succeed in the way that you had wanted to originally, you still learn something out of that experience. And so there are, God can use any way, like even those failures to become teaching moments, not just for you, but for other people, like when they hear your testimony or even your past experiences. Because um, what I have uh, learned in my life was that I learned a lot just listening to uh, memories from you guys and how you deal with different situations. And I take um, the standpoints and the actions that you've done and I'm like, well, if I've ever been in that situation, I can apply uh, maybe what they've done or go another way because I know that when they did it this way, the outcome was like this. So maybe if I approach it in a different manner, we can have a better result. So I know this wasn't what you asked mom, but I just thought of that as a mini tangent. No, that's good. Um while you were, while mommy was talking, my mom was talking, I was thinking another way also about going about, you know, figuring out what your purpose is, is we're naturally drawn to certain things. We're attracted mm -hmm. and, and, you know, um, just different things catch our attention or, or hold our interest. And so I believe that one of the first things I would say to someone is really kind of spend some time with yourself, uh, figuring out if you're not sure what, you know, you're naturally drawn to or attracted to kind of just, you know, do a self-assessment, kind of go over some of the things that, you know, 
are just natural inclinations to you. And then after you've somewhat identified, the other thing that I would say is find other people who share similar uh, experiences or, or mm-hmm. interests or likes and see what they're doing with, with it. Um, I want to touch on one more thing, and it's kind of going back to the first question a little bit, but uh, about not being afraid to come out of your comfort zone and trying other things. I remember being invited to, this is years ago, I remember being invited to go to a something simple, a scrapbook party. And I was just like, and I had been invited a couple of times and I was just like, I am not going to do this. And I just sense, you know, yes, you should go. You should, you know, even if it's just for the sake of coming out of your comfort zone and meeting other women and, you know, just kind of getting to, to know people because I'm not the most outgoing person, or I should say I haven't been the most outgoing person. And so I remember going ahead and, and going to this party and absolutely really enjoying the whole concept of scrapbooking and if anybody who really knows me they've been here to our home they all know that I have my own arts and crafts corners and I have taken this you know scrapbooking thing and it's it's kind of therapeutic um and again kind of but going back to another point that my mom was making mommy was making was that sometimes out of necessity, you can find a new, uh, you know, whether it be a new career or your Mm -hmm. own business or, or something, you know, that will not just benefit you, but you'll, you know, be a, a, a help to others. And so I've had the opportunity to do scrapbooks for, especially for whatever reason, I enjoy doing them for babies, you know, cause I think that the first year that a baby is born, there's so many things that happen that first year. And um, I'm actually thinking about while I'm writing the book, uh, just in kind of pursuing doing scrapbooking and selling them because so many people are so digital right now. Like everything's on your, your, your pictures are on your phones and stuff. And mm-hmm. I know for me recently, just trying to have to find a picture, I got to go through like I don't know how many other pictures just to get to the one picture that I'm looking for because they're all on my phone and everything. And there's something just very nostalgic about picking up a photo album and going back, you know, through the pictures and being able to see them and and then just easily pass them around to other people. Like my grandchildren love seeing pictures of their dad when he was little and, you know, things of that nature. So you're absolutely right. I know that from a couple of years ago, the scrapbook calendar that Lele made me. I know I still use it every year. So for people that who are going to be listening, Lele is uh, Christopher, my oldest son, his wife, my daughter in love. I will say it as my mom says it, my daughter in love, Leilani Joy. And the woman is blessed. She is so talented. And I have to say, I am quite hands. envious quite envious of the uh, calendar that she made for Sierra. It's so cool. I love it. it Uh, Let's see. Let's go on to our next question here. Do you think that at an early stage in life, when your parents or teachers ask the question, 
what do you want to be when you grow up? Uh, that's where the journey kind of begins or can begin. I think, I think it can be. Go ahead. Actually, you know what? We can, we can do it where you answer first and I'll hop on after. Oh, okay. Um, age before beauty, huh? <laughs> um, Don't have to split um, it too. Um, I think that it, it can. And I think now children are so much more advanced and so much more aware at a young age than when I was growing up. So I think for me, it might've started when I actually went to school because I know my parents were always, you know, they would always say you could be whatever you wanna be, but they never told me, oh, well, I see you as being this or I see you as being that, or I don't ever remember them ever asking me what I wanted to be when I grew up, I think I kind of maybe told them what I'd like to do this or, um, but I can't, I mean, I'm not saying that they never did, but I don't ever recall them asking me what I ever wanted to be. Cause I, I don't know where it came from, but it might've, um, I always said I wanted to be um, a actress and a singer and also a model. And I've had an opportunity to do all three, but it never panned out in the way that I really it thought it would be. Not it never, it hasn't. That it has, well, you know, like I'm saying, when I really was gung-ho about doing it, it was mm -hmm. seemed like there was other obstacles in the way. And that's what I want to say too, is that the Lord never said that it was going to be easy. And so again, sometimes if it's too hard or it just seems like, okay, I tried it and it didn't work out. And it, you know, it just seems like every time I try it never, you know, materialized in the way that it should have. So maybe this is not what I'm really supposed to be doing. And so some, you know, I'm, I don't know if I'm the only one that's ever experienced that, no. but maybe, you know, and, and not saying that, that it wasn't what I was supposed to do. It was just that again, being diligent, being persistent, you know, like, again, it didn't fall, fall into place. And, and people say, you know, when God's in it, it always falls right into place. That's not true. You know, at least not for me. It has not been true. You know, um, there's a timing and a, a timing and a place for everything. So, again, he says, you know, that if we run the race and we complete it, we will have the victory. So, it, in other words, you know, it's like, okay, no, you know, if I'm 199 years old, and this is what I'm supposed to be doing, then I have to have faith and trust and believe that it's going to get done. And it may not be in the time that I want it, you know, the time frame that I wanted it to be in, but it's still going to be in the perfect timing of God if I allow him to come in and, and help, you know, instead of me, you know, lean into my own understanding, you know, just say, okay, Lord, here I am. What's, you know, what are you saying to me? What would you want me to do? How do you want me to do it? Is this the time and the place for it? You know, and in the meantime, I could still be doing other things. I think it goes back to the, the title, Create It With Intention. And going back to those, those uh, synonyms where it's purposeful, it's willful. You, it's something where you have to put diligence behind it. Um, you have to put uh, just a stick to it. Like I'm not going to, and 
Sierra, I apologize because I know that you said you wanted to follow up after your grandmother, um, but she hit a couple of points. The one of the things is no, you're definitely not the only person who felt that way because in just our setting right now, I know that the desire for me to write, it started when I was extremely young. And I don't know even if you remember, but you were pregnant with Taj and you would sit on one side of the couch at the time and you would just read all your different books. And I don't remember who had given me these books, but it was like Call of the Wild, Oliver Twist. Um, there was another book, but I wrote specifically remember Oliver Twist and Call of the Wild. I think there were like three books that they gave the me. Outsider? They were, I'm sorry? The Outsider? No, that came later. I was only... I was probably only about seven or eight when the person, because my mom was pregnant with Taj. So I had to be, yeah, I had to be like seven years old when I got these books. And so I thought it was the coolest thing ever because I watched my mom. And like I said, she would just, she's always been an avid reader. And so she would sit on one side of the couch and I would have my little, like my book, because it was a big girl's book. It wasn't like a little kid's book. (laughs) And I would have my book and I was, you know, reading my book right while my mom was reading her book. And I just, I, that was kind of where my uh, interest began with reading and, and trying to come up with my own stories and things like that. And um, I remember getting into the Nancy Drews and um, the Sweet Valley High. Oh my gosh, I love the Sweet Valley High books. Um, and all of these different types and I, and I would, my writing continued and just went on and I had such a great desire and I did poetry and stories, short stories. And then I got into writing like young adult novels. And I remember being 19 and trying to get one of my books, you know, uh, published way back then. And I was sending it to Bantam Books and, you know, I was getting rejection letters and I was crushed and hurt. And so and my whole point in saying this is I remember thinking to myself like okay this isn't happening like oh and and I'm sorry Sierra yes S.D. Hinton was really what sparked the whole thing with me trying to uh, send my my manuscripts to the traditional publishing companies mm-hmm. because I found out that S.D. Hinton was only 15 when she wrote The Outsiders and right. I thought that was like like mind-boggling um, and so I remember like after getting back these rejection letters, cause I was like, I'm going to be the next, you know, teen, uh, number one best-selling writer. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, well, this isn't happening. This isn't working. I'm not getting, you know, I'm, I'm being told, you know, we don't accept unsolicited manuscripts. And so I felt the same exact way. Like, this isn't meant, meant to be, but the reason that I knew that it was, was because years and years and years later, I still had this desire to write. And someone had said at a conference that I was at, like, they weren't even talking necessarily about writing, but that was the example that they use. If you wake up every morning and that's, you know, you find that you still want to write that, you know, you're still doodling and things like that. There's like, there's a really great chance that you're supposed to be a writer. And it, it was a, it wasn't, an encouraging statement to me at the time it was a discouraging statement because I was like if this is what I'm supposed to be then this should be like my mom said mommy said it should be easier like their doors should just open and it should fall into place and 
I should be that writer. And I got to the point where I was just like, you know what, God, if this isn't who you've created me to be, if, if this is not what I'm supposed to be doing, please just take this desire away from me because it's not fair. It's like, I could be, you know, focusing on other things. And the other part of the challenge was, and this is not to brag, but the different careers that I've ever gotten into, whether it was uh, sales for, you know, uh, retail, whether it was banking, whether it was when I was doing, uh, working for hotels and doing events, even in my property management, everything that I did, I excelled. I, I got, you know, God just caused me to excel. And even though I would do very well in these different industries and in these jobs, the desire to write just never went away. It just, you know, it, it was, it stayed with me. So I, I think that there's definitely, when you know that you know, there's definitely a, um, just that bulldog with the bone type thing. Like I, you can't let it go. You have to see it through to fruition. All right, Sierra, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, those are, those are valid points, but just to backtrack a bit on actually one point that grandma said that tied into something that you said, uh, she was talking about how her dream kind of came when she went to school and how today's day and age, the children are, um, I guess, thinking about what they wanna become even earlier. And I definitely think it's because they're exposed to more, like they're so advanced, like even children have like smartphones and everything because it's been assimilated into their lives. But I, I think when it comes to thinking about what we want to become, I think society definitely plays a hand at kind of um, molding, I guess, uh, the way we approach it and think it, like how you said, teachers would ask, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like, I think that's kind of when it started, at least for my generation, because that was still back then when smartphones weren't exactly a thing when I was in like elementary school. And so that question kind of had me jumpstart and think like, what are the things that I enjoy in life? What do I want to do with my life? to make a career, but to still enjoy it. And unfortunately, and fortunately, I guess back then, uh, my answer ended up being the same as it was later in life, but the reasons were absolutely different. Like when I was in elementary school, I said I wanted to be a teacher, but that was because back then, when it was a student's birthday, we would have a party and we'd have food and candy and everything. And I was like, <laughs> wait, if I'm a teacher, that means I can do this every time my student has a birthday and I get summers off. I was like, it's a win-win. <laughs> and so that was the reason I wanted to be a teacher. And I ended up becoming a teacher after college doing something else that I enjoyed, which was languages. And so I got to become a language teacher. But I definitely think that society helps kind of create that world where we're always thinking about our future and what we're supposed to do and how we prove that we've done something meaningful in this life. But they do it where 
the rewards are, I guess, money and accolades, whereas God's like, we're doing this for eternal life to save souls. So. True. Um, I don't know if it always starts off that grand. It might start off on a much um, smaller scale. Yes. Um, Maybe just make someone smile one day. And it could just take off from there, really. Mm -hmm. But here, but this is a great segue. So people are drawn to interest, hobbies, you know, very early on, as we just finished saying, and some develop them as they get older. Um, what would you say were some of your interests and hobbies when you were younger? I know, Mommy, you already said that um, you you enjoyed singing and, and acting. Um, definitely reading, as you brought out. Oh, yeah. Reading was very good. Um, I in, you know enjoyed singing, um, enjoyed horseback riding. Um, cool. I mean, you know, like some of the sports, you know, like, I enjoyed some of the sports. I enjoy being a cheerleader, you know, which people may not think of, well, that's not a great, nothing, you know, great or interesting. But again, it's, it's um, something that. It prepared you for, it prepared you for being in front of uh, audiences and crowds. Mm -hmm. Well, I think more so the acting and singing because how I ended up starting to sing was my father and them used to sing you know these you know they they we used to have they used to have a choir rehearsal at my house at our house sometimes when we were little so my younger sister and I used to you know get in the middle when they'd be singing <laughs> and we would we would start singing too you know like whatever they were singing so I think that kind of peaked I don't know if I could sing at that point I don't I don't know what made me do it but I guess it looked like fun and I, you know, cause I was little, I was very young. And then when I got to seventh grade to junior high, I remember my music teacher saying that if we wanted to earn extra credit that we could do, you know, something revolt in that related to music. So I stepped out in faith, even though I was doing well in music, I said, well, let me make sure that I get this A anyway, you know, and I, that's how I stepped out and started singing for extra credit. Oh, that's awesome. I don't think you ever told me that story before. That's cool. What about you, Sierra? Interests as a child that have your developed. Your hobbies. Um, well, uh, surprisingly enough, I share a lot of similarities with grandma. And I think I definitely inherited the... Uh, passion for reading from both you and grandma as I can read all day mm -hmm. but <laughs> and both of you often do but that's another story <laughs> you're not alone Sierra <laughs> they open up like just worlds of different imaginations I love the creativity that you can see and it sparks so many more ideas it's like it was basically globalization before the internet. It was great. But um, aside from reading, I loved sports also, uh, especially like softball and baseball. Um, ones that I would say definitely have cemented since childhood up to where I am now was interest in Japanese culture as well. When we were gonna get there. <laughs> I was wondering. 
as well as art. So those are probably two of the major uh, anchors, I guess. But let's just go back very quickly um, to your interest in uh, Japanese culture and anime. You started because of your oldest brother. Oh, he's got to toot his horn, yes. <laughs> started because of Link. And I, if I remember correctly, it was, he was punished. I had punished him uh, for whatever. Oh my and gosh, he, yes. He was in his room and he figured out that he could draw and that mm-hmm. he could draw pretty well. He was drawing Link and you guys both shared a, a interest or a love for Zelda, uh, which Zelda started in our house years ago with the first <laughs> uh, Nintendo system. Thank you, Charles and Denise. Um, and so that was really, I saw you because of course you adored your big brother. And so Still I saw do. you trying to uh, kind of imitate and impress him or whatever. And you figured out that you had some skills in, in drawing as well. And it kind of just, that was like the seed that started and then it just kind of grew and to the point of where I remember for your 16th birthday, because your dad and I saw that you were trying to teach yourself Japanese uh, from online and the, the internet was nowhere near as extensive then as it is mm-hmm. now. Um, and so you started, you know, doing that and we got you the whole language kit to, to teach living languages for your 16th birthday. Um, and to the point of where you had you just started making declarations like you wanted you were going to go to Japan one day and you were going to do this and and all of these things began to happen like your first year of college you you know took uh, Japanese 101 and they were kind of like why are you in this class like you you know better you know like you're taking it for the first time but you speak well enough and you were able to get invited um, have, just kind of talk about that very quickly um All right, so like you said, I was uh, studying Japanese self-study throughout high school. And so um, one of the first questions I asked when I uh, was touring my college was if they had a Japanese class available and they said yes. And I was like, that's great. This is gonna be my college, we're here, cool. Um, And so I started taking it and uh, my professor, Narita Sensei, she actually recommended me for a Japanese politics class. And I actually hesitated at first because I am not a fan when it comes to politics, just because of what I've experienced in America. It's dirty, it's a cesspool and everything. But I was like, you know what? I have a piece about it. We're gonna do it. We're gonna push through. And so I joined the course and um, the best part about it, besides uh, the professor, I love Professor Oros, was actually that we got to spend summer break, uh, no, I wish, spring break <laughs> in <laughs> Japan. And so we did some volunteer work and everything. So you were invited yes. to go to Japan. Okay, that's important because we're talking about create it with intention, intention. and how yes. things can lead up to, go ahead. And so, yes, God definitely did a lot of work through that creation of my desire and interest in Japanese culture. And so when we went there, 
And we did, we volunteered um, in Sendai because it was a year right after um, the 311, the huge tsunami earthquake Mm -hmm. and the uh, chain reactors. And so that experience, honestly, we landed in Japan and I was like, oh my God, it feels like home. And so God was still just kind of like instilling that like comfort and desire and interest in a culture that is completely and totally different than American culture. And so through that experience, honestly, I went to college at first and I was like, I'm going to major in uh, early childhood and special education. After that week in Japan, I came back and I immediately changed my major to international studies with a concentration in East Asia. And I was double majoring with French. And so through that, honestly, it was like, it's all she wrote. After that, I decided to go abroad because as an IS major, um, we are actually required to spend um, part of our uh, year learning abroad, which I think is a great idea because it definitely does help you to improve your perspective of how you view things and it, it broadens your mind. But I spent my year in Japan and I was working and studying and I still just couldn't get enough. And God was like, we're going to do something here together. I was like, all right. And he kind of, I was just along for the ride. So after I came back, I was like, you know what, Lord, I still haven't had enough. So then after I finished uh, my study, I went back and I started working in Japan. Thank you for doing that. (laughs) You're welcome because you got to visit. Yes, mommy and I both the benefits of travel to Japan. That was my first, that was the only reason that I got my uh, passport passport and was able to uh, use it was my trip to Japan to see you. Our time is running down. So I just want to kind of go back. Um, Are your careers now uh, that involve any of these interests? So are, are you doing anything right now that currently is involved, that involves the interests that you we've been talking about for me no Sierra okay (laughs) Uh, for me yes both of my careers before 2020 I was like I said working as a teacher and I was actually in Japan so I was living the life Uh, and then I came back and now I'm focusing more on my uh, graphic design business. So that's instilling like everything that I've learned from languages to Japanese culture, to reading, to the art that has kind of been there since I was a child. So I'm focusing more on that, trying to do that with a purpose and to surround people with beauty to help change their perspective in life, so. For me, I've been, basically doing something else that God has called me to do, which is like being an intercessor, you know, and people, you know, will call me and reach out to me, you know, even though they don't know that that's what I am, you know, or one of the things that God, you know, has for me to do. And so they're always asking me to pray and, and, uh, and I get, you know, feedback saying that, you know, that it's, that it went through or that it's, you know, better, the situation was better or something. So again, it's, doing something totally different than what I thought I would be doing at this age. But like he says, it's not about me, it's about him. So just being ready and available to whatever that may 
that creativity. And I was always one, I know we have, to, you know, you're just winding down, but I want to say this real quick. There's power in the words that we speak, death and life Definitely. is in the power of the tongue. And for years before I knew better, I used to always say that I wasn't the creative. I was not creative. You know, that's not me. You know, I, you know, you know, when school, when, we, when I had to do creative writing in school and stuff, it was always a challenge for me because I always confessed, you know, and I was one that if it didn't come easy for me, I didn't really want to have to, you know, do it. But I, you know, I learned that, you know, from to change my negative words, you know, mm -hmm. to positive speaking. So, you know, God gave us all a create, you know, creative mind. It's just that we have to tap into it and bring it out. And, and, you know, like I said, once we start doing a little bit and more and more, then it becomes, you know, become more valuable or more, you'll see it more, I guess. Someone says, and I didn't understand, and I had to say to him one day, I was like, what, what does that even mean? Someone said, uh, she actually wrote it to me in a note and she's like, your gifts will make room for you. And I was mm -hmm. like, what, what does that mean? And basically it, it kind of just summarizes what you just said, that as you begin to step out into your um, gifts or your talents, your skills, your hobbies, as you begin to work in those areas, as you begin to take the time to really develop them, opportunities will come your way. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, whether it be opportunities that come looking for you or opportunities where you, you come across and you pursue them. Um, it's amazing to me because as big and huge and large as this world is, when it comes to our purpose, when it comes to the reason that we were created, we actually, it's, it's a small world because mm -hmm. people will come across your path or you'll, you'll meet somebody who met someone who knows something that has to do with you and you put the pieces together. And then the next thing you know, you know, you're, you're walking out this purpose and this intention. And I think that the reason this means a lot to me, and that's one of the reasons why it was the first topic that I wanted to go off of. And in the background, just in case anyone's listening, that's cloud. <laughs> and initially I was like, I'm not going to do this with cloud, but guess what? Cloud has a voice and he's, you know, he wants to give his piece as well. And so this is the real, this is the real deal. Like indelible logos, we want to give you the real. And so part, cloud is part of our life. And yes, we, every now and then, I know all of us do it where we're kind of talking about something and we're like, you know, cloud will say something. We're like, right cloud. Thank you. I was saying the same exact thing. Like it, it's just so natural. He's encouraging cloud. you. He's, he's, your, he's your best cheerleader. Exactly. So that's him just kind of, he doesn't normally talk this much, but that's him uh, on this broadcast saying you can do it. You know, don't give up. See, he got even louder. louder. Yes, <laughs> yes. You can do it. Don't give up, pursue your passions and your interests. And, um, that's the reason why is because I really want people that I've been coming across and, you know, with the pandemic and coming out of the pandemic and the people who have risen to the top, they took the time that was allotted, whether it was a gift to them or a curse, 
and they began to rediscover themselves. They began to mm -hmm. rediscover their families. They began to rediscover their gifts and their talents. And some of it came out of necessity, you know, because they were let go from jobs and they were like, okay, well, if I'm ever going to do what I've been, you know, thinking of, like, this is the time. And, and there are people that are succeeding. And I know for me, it brings me such great joy to see people living out their purpose and living out their intention, because that's what we're all here to do. And one of the things, you know, that I've heard and God kind of gave me a piggyback to it. You know, you hear people say, it's lonely at the top. It's lonely at the mm. top. And God was like, Tiki, it's only lonely at the top for those who didn't bring anybody up there with them. And so that's where we're going. I, I've been telling people, yes, my book is coming. And yes, it's going to be a number one bestseller. But guess what? It's not just for me. It's for all of those um, that God has you know, bless me with who has he's placed in my heart to do for and to help develop them. There are other people who are writers that I know you're going to get that book written. You're going to put that book into publication. There are people who are singers, actresses, um, whether they're, um, you know, models, like all the different things, like it, it, doctors, lawyers, you know, what my, one of my, um, my nephew wants to be, um, a veterinarian so it's like okay i gotta make sure that i'm successful so if i need to help you know give him money for college or whatever the case is like we're, we're going to be doing something my success is not just for me alone it's for those around me and so i want to encourage people to live and look to live their best lives and to enjoy the ride because life is meant to be enjoy not endured so Amen. any last words before we close out yes happy birthday mommy yes happy <laughs> birthday Tiki. Thank thank i was there when you were born wow. <laughs> were you? it would have been kind of awkward if you hadn't been since i remember mom. like if it was just yesterday even today it could even been today i remember it very well I can top that, Grandma. Mother, I knew you all of my life. <laughs> well, I thank you, ladies, for both being here with me today on my special day. And I'm glad to have had you as my first guest since you were with me in Tennessee when this all began to come about. And mm -hmm. so I couldn't not have you guys as my first guest. And uh, it's been a blessing and I'm excited because the greater is coming. And Amen. I know that this won't be the first uh, time that I have you guys on. And so again, just thank you very much. And we just believe that anyone who tunes in and who, uh, you know, listens to the broadcast after this, that you will be inspired and that you mm -hmm. will, whatever it is, even if you had thought that you were giving up on your hopes and your dreams and, and your purpose, that you will take another look at it and mm -hmm. reach out and go for it. Go for it's it. It's never too late. It's never too late. Uh, the yes. lady who wrote, uh, was it Hunger Games? I want to say the lady who wrote Hunger Games is like- Suzanne Collins? No, Harper? I don't remember. There's one of them. One of the uh, dystopia type books 
that became so big. I don't know if it was Divergent or if it was um, Hunger Games, but she was like in her 70s or something like that. Like she was like she was up there and she did it. So, yes, it's never too late. And the only thing that can stop you from doing it is you. you. Mm -hmm. Thank you again. And thank you for having us. Thank you. It's been an honor and pleasure. My honor. The honor was all mine. And uh, everyone else, stay tuned for next week. And we are going to be talking about uh, a a little bit differently, but designed with a purpose or designed designed with purpose, I believe. Is this going to be a weekly thing Kiki? It, it is going to be a weekly thing yes. so if i wanted to listen to the podcast how do you go about that <laughs> well, i think people you're, should know you're going to be on that. anchor uh and so on anchor i'm able to do the podcast through um apple uh, spotify um i should say apple excuse me it's actually itunes i'm sorry it's itunes which is apple Um, Mm -hmm. Spotify, there's a few different ones. I'm going to put it to my blog, Indelible Logos. And so they'll have a link that you can go on that way as well. So my blog is Indelible Logos through WordPress. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, yes, I will continue to advertise uh, now that I'm back on social media. Social media. Well, the best is yet to come. Yay! Yes, the greater is coming. That's what he says. The greater is coming. And so the we're chub all chubs are coming. We're taking yeah, the chub chubs. We're <laughs> taking this journey together. But thank you, ladies. Thank you, Cloud. <laughs> thank you, Cloud, our special involuntary guest. But thank you. <laughs> um, and stay tuned for next week. Okay. Enjoy the rest of your day. Love you guys. Love Ciao, you. Bye. Bye.